Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 29 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make healthful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 27, transforming thoughts about hunger and food insecurity. And on today's episode, we're bringing these very important issues to light and sharing how your involvement can make a difference. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today. We are really excited about this episode and for a couple reasons. So one, we have a very special guest with us today that Beth's going to introduce in just a minute. And also, it is our one-year anniversary of our podcast, and we are going to celebrate by giving our listeners the chance to win a $100 Wise Markets gift card and a really awesome Lettuce Beat Hunger t-shirt. And just for listening. So really quickly, here is the details of the giveaway. At some point throughout this episode, we are going to give you a keyword. All you have to do is email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com with that keyword. It would also be helpful if you just gave us your name and the city and state that you live in, and we will enter you into this drawing. Um, So the deadline to email us with that keyword is Monday, September 21st at midnight. That's the day before our next podcast episode will come out. So we have two weeks to listen to this episode and email us with that keyword. Um, And we will put this email address in the show notes for our episode, so you make sure you have the spelling and everything correct. Uh, And we will recap this giveaway uh, info at the end of the show. That's right. And Catherine, I really can't believe this is our one-year anniversary. What a quick whirlwind of a year it's been. <laughs> I know. Um, and so really to get into our show, um, as Catherine noted, we are so, so excited to have Clancy here with us. She really is a leader in this space. And, you know, I think we both look up to her personally as a dietitian and a professional kind of within our area of expertise. Um, with us today, we have Clancy Cash Harrison. She is a fellow registered dietitian, the president of the Al Beach Westside Food Pantry in Kingston, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, which is in Northeastern PA. She's also an author, a TEDx speaker, founder of the Food Dignity Project, and a food justice advocate. She speaks to thousands of healthcare professionals, nonprofits, and universities every year about food dignity and food access. Her mission is really to decrease the stigma associated with food assistance programs in the hopes that more families will take advantage of programs such as Food Stamps and WIC in order to decrease the stress caused by fear of running out of food. And wow, what a bio. (laughs) I know. We are so happy to have Clancy here with us on our special anniversary show. And it's also perfect because September is Hunger Action Month. So hi, Clancy, and thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hi, ladies. It's such an honor to be here. Weiss is one of my favorite shopping centers. So thank you. Awesome. 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 So we're really going to kind of jump right in here with some questions, um, you know, and I think anyone who talks to you can see how much your work really means to you. And, you know, that passion really just shines right through your persona. So tell us a little bit about your history and how you really got here to where you are today, you know, again, focusing on the areas that you do um, in, in food insecurity. Yeah. So as you said, I'm a dietitian and I'm in Northeastern Pennsylvania, but what's, what's more important is that I run a food pantry and I started that about, I I don't know, maybe close to 10 years ago. And I remember sitting in my husband's church at the time and the minister said that they needed a food pantry president, right? So 
I thought, wow, this is perfect because I was a food service director for schools. You know, I know how to get food, serve food in a safe manner, large quantities of food, and I love to help people. And so I thought it would be a good fit. But then when I went home, I started really like thinking about, is this going to be a right fit, right? Because I'm a rule follower. You know how you have a good mm-hmm. voice and a bad voice? So <laughs> I had both of them that day. When, and it was a couple days. I was having internal dialogue. And I want your listeners to understand that this was internal dialogue, me pretty much coming to terms with what I thought was true at that moment in the world. And I thought to myself, I'm going to get upset because there's going to be people coming in, not following the rules. They might be using our tax dollars, so to speak, and coming into the food pantry, getting free food when maybe they should be looking for a job. And again, this was in an internal dialogue. I wasn't having this conversation. I thought it was the truth. Clearly, it was my... um, my perceptions of the world. And when I, I, the good voice started speaking and said, you know what, it's not your place to judge, jump in, go into the food pantry and volunteer. So that's what I did. And over the years, I started, it it was a very quick turnaround. It started happening for me, but I had a lot of aha moments going off in my head like, oh, wow. Okay. I thought I was going to see this. In fact, people are working. I see elderly people who have slipped through the cracks. I see people with medical diagnoses that cannot afford the food that their doctor wants them to eat. I see mothers fleeing from domestic violence. I see single moms. I see veterans. I see college students, right? So it wasn't what I thought it would be. And in that moment, with all of these things happening around me, I started diving into the research and the internal dialogue started happening again. Where did these perceptions come from? Why did I have this misconception and these thoughts? And and it's kind of one of those things I always say, when you see something, you know how like you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And I saw myself in the problem of hunger not necessarily the solution, even though I was running a food pantry, I ran school lunch, right? I was in this, the summer meal site programs for seven years of my career. And I, for the first time in my life, I thought, wow, I've been contributing to this problem. I haven't been a solution because I, I approached every patient, every person with my own bias. And so now it's just my mission to get out and talk to people as a speaker, as a writer, and just talk about me becoming a recovering food elitist, I call myself, or a food snob, right? I'm, <laughs> I, I work on that every day, and really, it's, it's simple. It's when I walk into the food pantry, and let's fast forward to 2020. Every time I walk in there, I'm going there today after this recording, and I know I'm going to learn something new. Mm-hmm. I don't go in saying I'm the expert in nutrition. Instead, I'm not the expert in hunger. I'm not the expert in someone's life. But what I am the expert in is my own ability to take a step back from my judgments, have a little bit more compassion, and try to understand the why or where someone's coming from in maybe their food choices, maybe how did they get themselves into a situation where they are coming to the food pantry? How could we be more compassionate, have more empathy and help them during this temporary hardship? So 
um, that's really the story behind where I am now. And it just, I say it turned my professional career right side up because I used to be one of those dietitians that would like just throw spaghetti at the wall and see if something was thick <laughs> and like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go talk about diabetes. I'll talk about oncology. I'll talk about weight loss. And nothing was really true and honest within myself. It was all very surface level. And now today it's very deep very compassionate and it's just a journey of self-learning not only personally but professionally so yeah and i really love how you are so truthful and honest about those thoughts that inner dialogue that you used to have and how you just totally you know you say like that really is really changed in me because i think i to be honest and maybe many other people do also have those judgments mm -hmm. um, about people. And you're right. How, who is it? Why is it all right to judge? It is not all right to judge anybody. And I remember it was a couple years ago and I listened to, it was the first time I heard you speak. And I was just like, uh, my mind was blown. I was like, I am also having those judgments. And then ever since then, I have really tried my hardest to not put that judgment out there on others. So yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. It, I mean, and there shouldn't be any guilt associated with that. We all do it. We all judge naturally because we come from a, a certain education, a certain background, how we were raised, our parents' education, everything, um, our experiences. So I think that the number one thing is, is to, to not have guilt or shame, which I don't. That's why I talk about it. There's nothing wrong with that. I think where it becomes wrong is when we're like, I'm not ready or I'm not willing to learn about someone else. And mm -hmm. you, you know, you're stuck in this situation where you think you're always right without leaning in. I call it positive curiosity. How can we lean in and ask the right questions and learn more about, about someone and their situation? I mean, I, you know, for an example, how many times do dietitians tell people not to drink soda, drink milk or drink water, right? Because soda can, you know, high sugar and all these cause obesity and overweight and extra calories. And um, I had a client for, I don't know, five, five years with the Women's with Children's program. And finally, I started seeing a pattern and I learned that people who are food insecure that might not have access to refrigeration or they're hungry will use the carbonation and the, the sugar in soda to get rid of hunger pains. And mm -hmm. if you're, if you don't understand that, how do you compete with that? Right. Mm -hmm. How can you be an educator without understanding the why? So I think the biggest thing is to kind of like, all right, let's peel back our layers and just ask the right questions so we can really understand where someone's coming from. Yeah, that is really, that's really eye-opening. That's just, yeah. Wow. I was just going to say, Catherine, like that was just like, you almost just took the words right out of my mouth there. Just like so powerful. And when you were just kind of there, uh, Clancy speaking through like your history and what's brought you to here, I mean, I, I literally had chills and I really do credit you with, you know, opening my eyes to just again, the pop, you know, the folks that this may be impacting that you may not consider um, because it really can be anyone. And, you know, and especially right now where we're, we're dealing with more food insecurity than in, you know, than ever before. Um, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we've said the word food insecurity. So Clancy, can you help us define like what is food insecurity and food dignity? Yeah. So food insecurity, I think is kind of a complicated term, right? Some people I, I've been defending that term for years because people just don't understand it. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but we can use hunger and food insecurity in and out um, in, in, interchangeably. But 
hunger, everyone experiences hunger, right? So how did you feel the last time you felt really hungry? Like you were starving. I get mean, anxious, in a bad mood. Just let's just put it out there. Horrible, horrible <laughs> mood, right? So I have the privilege to go into my refrigerator and put those feelings to bed where maybe someone like a student, a child might be sitting in class and they don't have, you know, they went to bed hungry because they didn't have food. They came to school hungry. They didn't have food. And they don't know how to put those. Those feelings are normal, everyday occurrences. And it creates like behavioral problems and all these other things we're seeing in children. So food insecurity, you know, sometimes we also might think it's like a third world problem where this is happening in Africa. We don't see starvation here in the United States. Because hunger looks different. Hunger could have an overweight status. Someone could be overweight. Someone could have chronic diseases. Someone could be working. They could be dressed nice. I mean, think of COVID. How many times people have lost, how many people have lost their jobs? So food insecurity is not having access to a steady supply of food to live a healthy and active lifestyle for everyone in the household. And if you think of that definition, that's hard for everyone to do in general. Like if you really think about that. Mm -hmm. So it's a steady supply of food. So someone who's food insecure could also be someone who is on a tight budget. They might have enough food, but they're making choices that maybe they're going more for um, instant noodles day in and day out or pancake mix. And they're not even, they, they have to use water. They can't even put milk in it. Or maybe they have milk, but they're diluting it with water. Maybe mom's skipping a meal so her children can eat. You know, it's not necessarily starvation, but it's having stress around mm -hmm. if your food could run out, if you won't have money to buy food for the rest of the month or the rest of the week. So that's, that's really um, important to understand that hunger or food insecurity is not necessarily inner city poverty, generational poverty. We see it in rural communities. I've seen it in su suburbia. Amer My next door neighbor, their kids were food insecure when I lived in a, a very nice development. Um, so if I could see it there, I could see it anywhere. Wow. I mean, that again is just so, you know, powerful. And I think that was such a great um, differentiation and just like further explanation. Um, you know, I personally have also been kind of unclear on, you know, those, the use of those terms and what that really means. But I think that was such a great, you know, I almost have a visual example just from how great you explained <laughs> those terms. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit and, you know, of course we would be remiss if we didn't address this. Um, but how, how has the food pantry really changed, uh, since, since before COVID and since before March? Yeah, we were completely turned upside down in a good way. Um, you know, right when schools, we had the word that schools will be closing that Friday. So that Friday, March 13th, we yep. went into a food drive. So it's literally, we put food in the trunks of cars. Um, but we've increased our distribution by 1700%. So there is a caveat. If I compare March numbers or even, you know, April, May, June, July, August numbers to 2019. In 2019, we would pre-register people. We would cap out at 35 families. And so that's what we're comparing it now. People don't register. So we accept anyone. It's a drive-through. Uh, the amount of food that we are going through now, um, it would take a whole, enti an entire month 
to distribute the food. We would get one truck a month. So it was about 30,000 30, pounds of food a month we would go through. Now it's, that's gone in one day, like less, and it, less than three hours that is gone. So our distribution is lines. Well, if we don't start early, it's two miles long, easily according to the fire uh, police, the fire department and the fire, in, in Kingston, we have something called fire police. It's a combination of both. And um, we broke a record two weeks ago for a two o'clock distribution. Our first car was lined up at 1021. Wow. Wow. To give and you, and they don't, yeah. And just to think that those people, they were willing to sit there for four hours that yeah. when you started at two o'clock just to get some food, that's that literally gave me the chills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because time and time again, I always get the same question. And this was pre COVID. Do people coming to the food pantry really need the food? Mm -hmm. And I have empathy and compassion for that person asking that question. Cause I used to ask that question myself. Right. Mm -hmm. But being there, I'm like, no one, no one would ever stand or sit in their car for hours to wait to get food, mm -hmm. right? It just wouldn't happen. So um, yes, when someone needs food and they're coming to the food pantry, it's usually the first line of defense. It's usually right before they sign up for food assistance programs. It's usually a sign of desperation. And for example, one day I was sitting at the food pantry, this is pre-COVID, and a gentleman walked in with a suit. It wasn't even a distribution day. And I thought he was going to give a check. Like, I'm all excited. Here he is in a suit. And when I told him I ran the food pantry after he asked, he put his head down and he just whispered, I've been looking for a job for months. I have kids. I can't go home empty handed. I need food today. I have to feed my kids. Can you help me? And I, you know, I've, and here I am judging again. I'm judging someone based off of what they look like. And I told him to pull his car around. We loaded his car up with food and I ended up getting the check. So the check came six months later. This is like the, you know, the end story. He did get a job and he just said, thank you for helping me during a difficult time. You gave me hope. I got my job. Here's, here's money giving it back. And I see that even today with people walking, not walking, they're driving through our food pantry. They're always giving a dollar, $5, $10. And it's their way of giving back while they're also receiving. And we do accept that money. Um, we use that money at the end. If we run out of food, we're giving money. Say, you know what? We ran out of milk. Here's cash. Go buy milk. So we pay that forward that day. But we see that giving back and also that um, you see embarrassment. You see mm -hmm. a, this is my first time. I've never done this. I promise I'm going to pay you back. And we don't even want that. We don't ask those questions. We just want people to you know, feel comfortable coming to us. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been an interesting ride. I can tell you every day is different. We've learned to pivot. Um, that's our, that's our word, pivot, 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 mm -hmm. because today will be something completely different for next week. And we will, we're changing on the dime all the time to adjust. So it's been interesting. Uh, the other thing with this is we lost most of our volunteers and we have a lot of community co members coming out that are leaders. And I've never seen community the way that I see it at the food pantry. And I think that that's telling as well. You know, mm -hmm. the, I think the people who are there giving their time, their energy, their muscle, their sweat, um, they're also receiving. And they say coming here once a week helps us see that there's the world's going to be okay when this mm -hmm. is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I think I just like that. that gentleman commented, you, you know, you, uh, you shared that he shared that you had given him hope. So it sounds like you're kind of, you know, instilling that in, you know, others as well, because it is a, it's a time, you know, that really anyone can feel hopeless just because of all the uncertainty that surrounds us right now. And so I, I was just curious, how are you noting how, you know, increased your, your levels are, you know, in the distribution need, like, how are you keeping up if you're distributing like what you would have, you know, in a month, in one week, like where, where is it, yeah. the rest of it coming from? <laughs> yeah, that's the pivot piece, right? So like this past week, last week we ran out of food. I don't know what happened, but we ran out and, um, Misericordia University gave us a box truck because we're competing with other member agencies of Feeding America who also need trucks. So it's people using their cars. We can go get food from Feeding America. Um, it's just, I, that's our biggest thing. So we are looking into raising money to get our own box truck because that's our, that's our limiting factor. But mm -hmm. you know what, where, you know what, I, I keep saying that even though it's raining today, something's going to happen. It will stop raining and everything will happen the way it's supposed to happen. And even when it comes to the food, one day I literally had a produce truck pull up. I never ordered the food. I don't even know where the produce came from and they just dropped food. Nardone's pizza dropped pizza one day. So like pallets. So, wow. um, the food comes and it's, you know, you put it out there on social media, you let people know and the community rallies around you so that I just have faith in our community and it hasn't proven me wrong since March. So what an amazing outlook, seriously. Know. Like, you know, we all need that positivity that. and that just like that, that look that things will work out, that outlook that things, you know, will kind of fall yeah. into place. That's yeah. so incredible. That actually leads really well into our next, you know, question that we want to ask you. So can you share what are some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to helping out a local food pantry? So maybe there's a bunch of, you know, there's people now that want to help. Maybe they have never before. So what should they know? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is first of all, don't assume you know what the food pantry needs, call mm -hmm. them. And, and mm -hmm. I'm going to make that comment right there. I can't assume what another food pantry needs. So mm -hmm. the idea is that you definitely need to call, ask them what they need, how you can help. I can tell you that we have to put food in bags. So that's probably consistent amongst all food pantries. So maybe you don't have money and you don't have time, but you want to help. When you do go to your grocery store and you get those plastic bags, instead of recycling them, save them, call the food pantry, ask if you can drop them off because they probably do need them. And I also, I think another big thing is this is a time to really put, put a face, put the child a child's face when you're shopping for the food and not cleaning. It's not a time to clean out your pantries. It's a time to say, you know what, I'm here to help. And I know everyone who donates, they do it with the best intentions in their heart. But I think maybe if we could think of a little child and we could buy maybe some canned fruit with a flip top lid, knowing that this child might not know how to use a can opener, but they could use the flip top lid to get uh, glass. We definitely want to avoid glass. Mm -hmm. And I also think if you're a food pantry listening or a hunger member, a member agency listening, I, I found it being very useful that when we do food drives, we only ask for one or two things. So we make it a themed, uh, you know, maybe a peanut butter and jelly drive. So we're very consistent with what we're getting. It cuts down on the sorting because if we get food that's expired, mm -hmm. guess what? We have to throw it away. And mm -hmm. There, there has been times where I've literally sat and I'm like, we are someone's trash can. Like we're paying for trash removal for someone else. And it, 
it gets a little um, heavy sometimes. I think that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm -hmm. But if we could just make sure that, you know, we're asking what they need, we keep it consistent in, um, I think, with the request. And, and sometimes maybe a theme drive could be like a toothpaste, toothbrush. Like it doesn't even have to be food, right? Mm -hmm. So that's always, that's light. So if you're doing a food drive in the school, um, that's something light where you're not carrying heavy cans so kids can carry it. And it's, we need that. That's one of the most requested items that's non-food. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, definitely calling and asking, I think is the number one, the number one advice. That's yeah. awesome. And you've and given I, so many great suggestions there for anyone that's looking and, and wants to contribute and, and have a part right there. Right. And so how would people go about finding their local food pantry? Yeah. So if you go to the Feeding America website, the Feeding America is a national organization that runs all the food banks. And you can look at the food banks based off of your zip code. And then you can call your local food bank and they'll have a list of your member agencies. Sometimes they might, that food bank website that you can link to then will have um, the list that you can get the list of all their member agencies. So that could even be like a homeless shelter. It could be a food pantry. It could be really anything that's uh, a nonprofit working to serve a low income population. So the Feeding America website is the best place to go. And you can also get statistics on your local uh, hunger stats. So whether it, the projected ones now that with COVID and pre-COVID. So it's a, it's a pretty great website. Yes, that's a good, that's a great tip. Um, and I love that tip too, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people do want to help out right now, but they don't know why, they don't know how. So call the food bank. For me, it's like so obvious, mm -hmm. but it's like not something I thought of, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Too. Well, and your local food banks, like right now, they're packing up our local one here in Luzerne County, um, CEO, Weinberg Food Bank, they're packing up crisis boxes. And we're going to have those boxes delivered to our food pantry today, 350 of them. So a crisis box is a box of non-perishable foods. I call it a box of surprises. Every week <laughs> it's different, right? But it's a box of food, whether that has rice and canned goods in it, kind bars. We've been getting a lot of kind bars. But so you could go there and help pack because what that does is when the pallets are dropped, we are taking those boxes and putting them right into the trunks of cars. So that's one less thing we have to do at our food pantry is pack the food up. So yeah, definitely calling. I know that people need help right now. And if you don't have time, instead of donating food, donating money to your local food bank, they have, it helps them with their buying. They have a bigger buying power so they could buy more with a dollar than you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to jump in with our keyword right now. And you've actually said it a couple <laughs> times um, during this episode, and that is compassion. Um, so again, um, the word is compassion. And just shoot us an email at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com between now and Monday, September 21st, 2020. Um, and we will enter you into that drawing for a $100 Wise Markets gift card. Awesome. I love that it kind of naturally has appeared in our you know episode thus far. That's just so perfect. So you've chosen a great word for that. Um, <laughs> And, you know, Clancy, you're now adding to your, your bio and, um, you know, and your uh, just like, you know, outreach within the space. So you're launching a podcast very soon. So tell us a little bit about that and share with our listeners how they can access that. 
Yeah. So it's called the Food Dignity Podcast. And when I really, I had a lot of time, believe it or not, during COVID, even though we were crazy feeding thousands and thousands of people, I thought to myself, um, you know, if I think about my next stage and where I want to go as a speaker, I really want to have meaningful conversations, deep conversations that really unleash more empathy and compassion, not only in myself, but in others, like in my family, in our country, around the world. Because I think when we can start to understand people's stories, their success stories as it relates to hunger, or maybe it is a hunger hero, someone out there fighting, or maybe it's just a professor who, you know, at Misericordia, I interviewed uh, Dr. Alicia Nordstrom on the podcast, and she has something called the Community Voice Project, where basically her students have to go interview someone completely different than them, whether that is someone, you know, that might have a disability, maybe they love differently, but it has to be someone that they've identified that might have a bias against, and they interview, and then they have to write a paper in the and first person as if they were that person. And so it's really like talking to people out, even outside the hunger world, but how can we stop the judgment? How can we take a step back? How can we have better conversations and just grow as a, a community, but with the idea that we're going to challenge the stigma associated with food assistance programs and really start to change our culture and make healthy food access equal and fair and normal for everyone. So if you want to find me, we're launching September 14th. So we have um, fooddignityproject.com. So you could go there. We'll be, we'll be doing that, but in, in, or clancyharrison.com. So yeah, thank you for allowing me to share that because I'm really excited. We have some, some great speakers coming up. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. (laughs) <laughs> listen and I have browsed through your website quite a bit and there's just there's a lot of good I love the articles in your blog because again it just breaks down the stigma about hunger and food insecurity I love it yeah Thank I think you. and also just to mention the website your you know your website as well just the number of resources that are on there you know that again will guide someone if you're feeling stuck and you want to contribute but you don't know how or where to start um, you know that's such a great place and you know to your point too Catherine I think you have two you know very avid listeners coming right up uh, you oh, know, yeah. for your podcast <laughs> oh, good Lindsay do you have any you know final thoughts or things that you want to tell anybody about the work you're doing right now or anything else um you know what i think my final thought is just to be open to Mm -hmm. learn i I think the more open we can be and i'm going to use the word again compassionate Mm -hmm. um i i it it makes us better people i mean it helps our society but it honestly i've never grown so much by putting myself into situations where what I didn't understand. I didn't understand what I was going to see at the food pantry. And I still went there and I did it. And I can tell you that I, every time we have a new volunteer that comes, I see them they're like their faces drop. Right. And they're like, Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. They're so nice. Oh my, like you just hear these comments and I'm thinking, okay, all right. They were expecting something different. So I think if we can put ourselves in different situations with an open mind and an open heart, I think we're all better off. So thank you again for having me. Gosh, that yes. was so, so moving. <laughs> yes, it really was. I think I've had the chills like four times during this. 
Um, Beth, what is our takeaway tip for the week? I mean, I feel like that's a hard one to follow up on for sure. And I, I think I would also just, you know, reinforce, um, you know, Clancy's advice there to, to be open. But, you know, I think walking away from this episode, you know, as our listeners will hopefully do, if you have felt touched or moved or um, if something has like inspired you here with, uh, with our words, I would say do that first step, you know, either visit Clancy's website to learn more, to find some of her resources for like, you know, helpful places to start, you know, or again, you know, visit that Feeding America website, locate that area food pantry within your, um, your, you know, hometown and, you know, see what you can do to pitch in. Because obviously we know there are so many countless ways that anyone can pitch in, uh, whether large or small. And that's really what we all need to do in, in support of each other and to, to really serve, you know, the areas that we, that we live in right now. Right. Absolutely. And even, you know, if you're the one that needs the assistance right now, reaching mm -hmm. out to the local food um, pantry or looking at that Feeding America website to figure out which one is closest to you. So, all right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.